the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under a separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is a marketing assistant of Rosenthal Wealth Management Group, and is associated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. It is time once again for the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And here he is, live all across the United States, actually. Larry (laughs) Rosenthal himself. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Chris. And how are you today? So far, I'm doing pretty well. I mean, I you you tried to convince me to buy a baseball team this morning, but just don't have that big of deep of pockets. <laughs> I looked at the budget, and we don't have that much in it yet this year. You're a little shy, just little, a little shy. Little shy. Yeah. It's all fun, though. It's all fun. <laughs> so, well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal, hosting Making Money Sense. You can reach us on Saturday mornings here, open mic, which means no questions barred at all. Anything on your mind today about the Federal Reserve, the economy, the dollar, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, your 401k retirement plan, taxes, estate planning, whatever's on your mind, insurance, give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. Well, this past week in the market, Chris, up was down, down was up, left was right, right was left, forward was backwards, and backwards was forwards. What is going on here, right? It was like any day at King's Dominion to me. Yep, it was a whirlwind of financial headlines this past week. The markets pulled back, definitely. They pulled back. Why? What's going on? The markets are taking a breather. Why? What's going on? You know, is this a dip to buy on? Why? What's going on is the big question to all these different headlines that are out there. So this past week, uh, Chairman uh, <clears throat> Jerome Powell, the Federal Reserve, gave his you know normal semi-annual t- uh, testimony to Congress, you know, talking about the economy, the you know the the whole nine yards, state of affairs, and basically came out and reiterated that there's probably going to be two more rate hikes later this year, but it's going to be data dependent. Okay. Powell said there's a long way to go before we get back to that Goldilocks era of 2% inflation. Now, you know, 
That's going to be an interesting scenario. We ended up with 2% inflation from 2000, less than 2% inflation from 2008 through 2021. But when you look at the entire spectrum of the history of the stock market, the economy, since 1913 anyway, when the Fed came into existence, inflation has tracked a little bit over 35 3.74%. So, you know, trying to get back to that 2%, are we going to get there, or is it going to be more of a reversion to the means? To be determined on this, yes, I'd love to see good growth and 2% inflation. Everybody has much more purchasing power at that particular point. So hopefully we'll get back there, but it's going to take a little bit of time because still the Fed cannot control uh, domestic energy policy and supply chain issues, of which we both still have some, some bottlenecking going on there. So we'll see. A lot of the, he said came out and said a lot of the Fed voting members said yep probably a couple of more rate hikes. Well, when is that going to be? They said sometime before the end of this year. Okay, so let's go through and, and continue to play this here. Now we also have had a series of 14 months of rate hikes that have yet or just now starting to hit the economy. We're starting to see a little bit more job loss. We're starting to see a little bit of tightening. We're starting to see a little bit of, of the economy slowing down, which is the whole objective here by rate hikes in order to slow down the economy, hence drop down the pressures of inflation to bring back greater purchasing power for you and I as individuals. So you take a look here at, at some of the different uh, you know scenarios, home builders, jobs, wages, all that kind of stuff, getting mixed results in the economy on all these numbers. Um, then you take a look at, at the what the Fed also said a few months ago, and this is where I'm going to make my point here, Chris. The Fed said a few months ago <clears throat> that due to the banking crisis that we just had and went through with the regional banks, with some of them failing and things like that, that that could push us over into a recession. Uh, now, at the same time, just this, just the other day, uh, Jerome Powell actually came out and said that he sees a path to a soft landing, and that's a great news. That's great news. That that doesn't indicate recession at all. So this past week, believe it or not, we saw articles out there about there is not going to be a recession. Others says there are. We're still in that intersection of to be determined as far as where the economy is going and where it sits right now this is what we really truly call you've heard me saying this for the last handful of months climbing the wall of worry and that's exactly what's going on the markets are pushing up in anticipation of us getting through this uh, sticky part economically and the markets have been climbing that wall of worry are they going to continue to do so yes they will continue to do so at a at a probably a slower pace until we get clarity of direction from the Fed now. Uh, you know, when these next few months come through, but at the same time, we're going to see more volatility. So now I'm talking out of both sides of my <laughs> mouth because this is what the deal is when you climb the wall of worry like this, okay? Mm -hmm. There's some numbers out there that basically show, you know, look, if the, if the S&P ends at 10% or higher in June, the next – to eight, uh, six months for the rest of the year is pretty favorably, and we're there. You know, so there's all kinds of historical data and charts on all this stuff, but as long as the Fed does remain data dependent, they could change the narrative here in a, in a couple of months and say, you know what, we're going to remain on this hawkish pause that they're under right now. 
You know, they, they paused rates, and it was a hawkish pause because they said, we're going to come back and raise again. Well, let's just see, okay? Let's just see how the rate hikes have taken effect, and that's really <clears throat> the bottom line on what they're trying to do. They're going to pause, but they're not going to remove themselves from um, credibility by saying we're done and then have to come back in. So it's all going to be dependent on what inflation does. Inflation, June of last year, was at 9.1%. Twelve months later right now, in, well, we, we, we've got the, uh, the, the, the May numbers out, and it's at 4%. So it's been cut down further than 50%. Let's just see how it keeps on trending, which way it's going, and things like that. It hasn't had a lot of effect on interest rates. I mean, a little bit. but uh, It yeah. has had a lot of effect on interest rates. Oh, it has? Rates. Okay. Oh, yeah. Interest rates were at zero, and it's gone up five. You know, well, that's Fed, what I mean. They're up. Yeah. Yeah. Fed funds rate is at five and three quarters, and, and I'm sorry, five and two quarters. And people are, are concerned about, you know, well, what does that mean? What, what What's the big deal on the 10-year Treasury? Why is everybody so focused on the 10-year Treasury Home loans, versus, yeah. versus the two-year Treasury versus the 30-year Treasury? Yeah. What does that really mean? And when you take a look at, <clears throat> excuse me, what the 10-year Treasury kind of wraps around, it is knit into the fabric of our of, uh, of capital in our country. It controls a good amount of bond rates right there, corporate bond rates, government bond rates. It also has a large effect on the 30-year fixed mortgage rates, credit card percentages, auto loans, student loans, uh, personal loans, savings accounts, interest rates. All that stuff whistles around the 10-year note. And when you take a look at it, the other day it closed around 3.7%, and it's been staying in those areas. When it gets above four and a quarter-ish, somewhere in that area, the economy really starts to slow down. And that's when you really see a lot of uh, breaks being put on things, rising unemployment. The cost of capital just gets too large, and you really see a big stall. So keep your eye on the 10-year note. Uh, I look at that thing just about every day as to see where it's trading and what, which, which way it's trending and stuff like that. And it's been in this trading zone. Uh, which is good news. There's nothing wrong at the end of the day having a bank CD at 2%, 3%, or whatever it is, getting back to more normal where we make some interest in the banks, right? Uh, but, you know, watch when, when you know, there's going to be a very interesting interest rate play with bonds, treasury bills, and things like that in the next several months as we, we, as we wait to see exactly what the Fed does. But I tell you this, you know, there's a lot of people, and let me just, let me just say this. There's a lot of people out there that that uh, knock the Fed all the time and this, that, and the other. And, and let's put some things into perspective about the job that the Federal Reserve does. They came into existence in 1913. And we have to stop and we have to take a look at the innovation, the standard of living, the development in technology, healthcare, automobiles, roads, shoes. I mean, just everything in our country. Our standard of living has risen since then. Seven and a half out of ten years, the markets are usually positive. I think they've done a very good job long term. Yeah, they make some mistakes short term, but it gets the, the ship gets righted pretty quick. So, so I think they're overall doing a pretty good job and, you know, getting us out of this issue that we've gotten ourselves into, okay, um, yeah, is, is uh, part of the job there. So They stay so. kind of uh, – Away from politics to a degree, too. It's more really just kind of separated out of that whole mess that we see everything else getting involved in. 
Well, they are a separate entity, and so yeah. hopefully they do stay out of politics, Chris, as yeah. far as that goes. So anyway, that's the Fed talk this week. That is where we are in the markets and the economy. And bottom line, right now at this time, you need to have a little bit of money offensively and a little bit of money defensively. We have seen a little bit of an of a, um, evaluation uh, uh, expansion in the tech stocks because of AI. That's really taking off, and you know. How do you feel about an AI investment at this point? Oh, I think it's I think it's a great uh, new, interruptive technology. That you know where we are with AI right now, Chris, is just a step along the way. Um, there's there's going to be new companies formed in mm-hmm. the coming years that we haven't even thought of. There's going to be different changes. There's going to be. Good characters and bad characters. Oh yeah, you know there already is. Un- yeah, unfortunately, and and so, um, you know, just just let's stop and think about it for a second. You know, worldwide, there's probably a few thousand articles published every day on healthcare. You know, on new advances in healthcare and things like that. And to have a doctor on one side of the globe working with with a patient, being able to have access to that information right away. That's pretty powerful. Same in technology. Same in sciences. Uh, so, so that kind of stuff is pretty interesting from that standpoint. So, there's going to be winners and losers, uh, the different companies. But it is marching forward. It is, it is a, a a change. We've we've mm-hmm. let the uh, the horse out of the barn. I don't know how they're going to regulate it. I don't know if they can keep up with it. I don't know what the story is, but it's not going like to go away. Internet 3.0, right? I mean, it's a whole new. Yep, it's deal. not going to go away. Yep. Yeah. So, so. You know, I was speaking with somebody the other day. They were we were talking about it and talking about, well, is it accurate and blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know what we might end up seeing in everybody's house now? No. Encyc- Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia Britannica. Right? <laughs> coming back? <laughs> yeah, coming back. Because then we can go back to that and check and go, nope. That was Sorry. wrong what the Internet said. This is what it says right here on page 42. <laughs> okay. I loved the Encyclopedia Britannica. I used to look through those and look at the pictures when I was a kid. I loved that book. Yep. It's a thing of the past, yeah. Hey, but, hey, main message right now at this point, halfway through the year, just about, you know, uh, uh, a couple more days, um, stay diversified and well-balanced and liquid at this particular point. There's, there's no doubt about it. So. Mm. So the, the markets are going to be focusing on um, uh, uh, fundamentals, uh, which is good. You know, you've got economic, uh, you've got monetary policy plus fundamentals equals what we call AI. Not artificial intelligence, Chris, <laughs> but the old term, asset inflation, right? And that's where we're at right now. We're yeah. trying to get, get, get everything clear. So uh, pretty optimistic from that standpoint. You know, we do expect to see a, a slowdown continuing. In the economy, but that is as a result of the past work of the uh, interest rates being changed, being risen, and then and then you know probably some very strong economic uptick, uh, you know later uh, end of the year, first quarter, things like that. Yeah. So, hey, we got to take a quick break here. It's 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 half past. I just saw that. So um, give us a ring. Hey, open up. You know, Saturday morning, open mic Saturday. No questions barred at all. Give us a call. What are you thinking? What's going on in your mind about the markets, the economy, whatever's on your mind today? 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-ROSE-123 or 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more of your Making Money Sense.
And we see this a lot. We don't see anybody quarterbacking things. And a lot of times it's the financial advisor right here in the middle that really quarterbacks, you know, coordinates your taxes with the CPA firm, your your estate planning with the with the attorney, the insurance. A lot of times financial advisors will do taxes and insurance sometimes together. Um, legacy planning. How do you want to to leave your assets? Remember, your assets when you are done and you get relocated. In other words, when you go to heaven, right? You don't take your assets with you, but where are they going to go? And how are they going to go? They're going to go to your heirs, to your charities, and sometimes to the IRS. And a lot of people want to minimize the exposure that goes to the IRS. Big, big financial blind spot. Investment strategies, not only today, but maybe for kids or grandkids. How are you going to transfer that information, your lifetime of investing that knowledge to them? Financial planning, multi-generational planning. Oftentimes, we find this as a big blind spot, and it's usually the financial advisor, the, the wealth manager, who is quarterbacking all of these different areas together. We're back with the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. I'd love to hear from you on the phones today with any of your questions and anything to do with your portfolio, any ideas or thoughts that you have. We'd love to hear it. 855-767-3123. Larry. Well, Chris, that was a pretty neat surprise there. You put a little clip up. Uh, I guess people that are, you know, you, you can go to LarryRosenthal.tv or check out our website, LarryRosenthal.com, and click on the radio show. You can see us streaming this on YouTube, right, mm-hmm. uh, at LarryRosenthal.tv. Chris just played a, a, a little clip from uh, one of our past webinars. Nice surprise there. Hey, uh, yeah, pretty cool. keep you on your toes, right? Yeah, I see <laughs> that. I see that. Very good, very good. Hey, you know, so it is halfway through the year, and the markets have pushed up thus far. The question becomes, what are they going to do the rest of the way? Uh, you know, when you go back and you take a look at a lot of the pundits on Wall Street that said the beginning of this year they expect maybe a two or three or four percent return, well, the S and P's up a lot more than that. So I was speaking with somebody earlier this week, and he was saying, you know, should I sell out of this one particular account that they have and put some money on the sidelines? And I said, well, you know, if you do that, the risk is that you don't get back in at a lower rate so that you can make money. The risk is the trains left the station and you sell out now, and then when you get back in, the prices are higher. But more importantly in this particular account is it's a taxable event because it's a non-IRA account. And that's what I want to talk about today is something called the WASH rule. The WASH rule states this if you sell if you sold position A and you bought position B and it was a non IRA account and you were at a loss when you sold that is that becomes tax deductible to you that loss 
either long-term or short-term capital gains, depending on how long you've held it, which is a year and a day or, or longer. So, so when you do this, there's very um, clear – well, I shouldn't say clear. There's very specifics as to what qualifies for the wash rule because if you, if you don't qualify for the wash rule, then you don't get the tax deduction, right? So what, what does that mean? Well, can I sell company A stock and buy company B's? Yes, that qualifies. What about a mutual fund? Can I sell mutual fund A and buy mutual fund B? It's a different ticker symbol, but now there's an exception to the WASH rule, and that is there has to be um, a, a differential. 70% of the holdings need to be a little bit different, okay? So, so you have to take a look at where – where the what index they track, the holdings that they make up in order to qualify for this wash rule. What about if I went from a mutual fund to an ETF? Well, you better do your homework. You better research this and make sure that you don't get pushed back into the wash rule if it's too like if it's too much likeness um, uh, with each other. So it's very important to really understand the wash rule. And unfortunately, people hurt themselves a lot doing this. Uh, we see these things come out year after year about all the people that are trading in and out, buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell all the time, and they don't understand the wash rule. Um, so, so you know, it's kind of a, a, you know, not a gotcha. There's opportunity in the tax code, but you have to understand how it works. And one of the things that's kind of interesting, too, when you when you take a look at, at, at another kind of not really a, not a wash rule at all, but some people will use the wash rule like this in order to reestablish a cost basis, okay? Another way to reestablish the cost basis of a stock is simply by donating it. So so let's just check this out. Let's just let's just assume that for whatever reason you wanted to donate 10,000 or 20,000 or 100,000 dollars of appreciated stock to a charity, your church, whatever. Okay, and you have you have let's uh, and you have the money sitting in your savings account or a bank CD or your checking account or whatever, and you're getting ready to write a check for the donation. So let's just do simple math. You've got stock that's appreciated in a non-IRA account, let's say by ten thousand dollars, and you've got ten thousand dollars in your checking account, right? And you say, okay, I want to go ahead and keep this stock because if I sell it. And then give it, I have a tax deduction. I'm sorry, I have to pay taxes on capital gains. Now, I do get some write-offs, but it, it, it doesn't really work out dollar for dollar all the time on your tax return. But if you think about flipping this a little bit and saying, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and donate the shares of this stock to my charity or my church and I get a tax deduction for the fair market value, and it saves me the hassle of having to pay capital gains tax. And then instead of writing a check out of the checkbook to the charity, I just write a check back to the brokerage account and buy the very same stock. And now I reestablish my cost basis at today's value. Net, net, I'm the same, but I've saved taxes on this. So this is an example of learning how to give more efficiently when you understand how the tax code works. You couple this with the ability to, to understand how the WASH rule works on your taxes, on your non-IRA accounts, and you can end up putting some extra dollars in your pocket 
and reestablishing some cost basis for yourself at a higher rate down the road. So down the road when you ultimately sell, it's not as expensive for you down the road. So little things like that you want to take a look at and start forecasting, okay? Uh, you know, this the, and, and so so you know, there there's the concepts now of well, how often do we trade? How often do we rebalance? And these concepts are now they're they're just they're just they've always been here, you know, is buy and hold dead. You know, how long do you want to hold something before you sell it? You know, well Warren Buffett says his his favorite holding time is forever. Okay? Uh, don't sell. Find quality, buy that quality, hold that quality to your to the quality goes away or your objectives change, right? You know, so 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 what does that mean? And and then you take a look also at what we call theme investing. And I know I'm throwing a lot out there, you know, but but these are things that 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 I think of all the time. You know, what about theme investing? What do you mean by theme, Larry? You know, what, what is theme investing? Basketball mean? theme, football theme. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. So. You know, theme investing is more of a long-term uh, scenario, a long-term cycle, if you will. And and what I mean by theme investing is, you know, take a look at healthcare. Mm-hmm. You know, are we done as a human race developing healthcare? Are we done developing medicines, surgical procedures, instrumentation, bioinformatics? Are we done? Have we? Are we just said, okay, next Tuesday we're not developing anymore. We're done. I no, think disease that, and all of that is still going to be with us for a while. Yes, that's not the case, right? Yeah. That is a long-term theme type of investing. That means governments, that means individuals, that means corporations will be continuing to pile money into that space, right? Are we done from a communication standpoint? Are we done developing communication, technology, right? Are we done with all of that? You know, no, we're not. Those are long-term themes. Those are asset classes that you most likely want to hold on to for the long-term cycle. They do fall in and out of favor from time to time, though, right? Absolutely they do. They yeah. do fall in and out of favor from time to time. And when they fall out of favor, a lot of people make the mistake and they sell out. That's mm-hmm. the time you want to mm-hmm. Hold and, or more importantly, probably buy and acquire more shares. Of Sell it. low, buy high. Not a good concept. <laughs> there you go. That's exactly right. So, so you know, when when you take a look at putting these things together, you know, and and then, well, how do you know when to sell something? How do you know what your mm. your process is? You know, we have a very specific buy sell process in our office. Um, a lot I of wanna, people don't. I want to be a squirrel on the wall or an ant on the wall when you guys yep, are doing your that's, thing. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. So you know when when we go through the process, and 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 um, you know that's one of the things that I've seen in the industry though, Chris is is unfortunately a lot of people don't have a a process. And one of the hardest things once you make a decision to sell something is what are you going to do with it now? Where's mm-hmm. it going to go? Mm-hmm. Right. Where's it going to go? And, 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 and so, you know, you really have to have non-emotions involved with it all uh, when, it, when it comes to all you guys are pretty scientific about how you do things. It's, you know, take the emotions out of it. None of that seat of the pants flying kind of stuff that I see a lot. You so, can't. You can't you, say you, my neighbor. You, my neighbor said this is a great stock. I've heard right. that one before. 
Aunt Millie said to buy this bond, Larry. Yep, that's right. I know. That's true. That's true. So, yeah. hey, if you want to get a copy of our financial planning toolkit that can sort of help outline where you are today and where things are going for you, feel free to give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123 or simply go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and shoot us off an, an email. We'll be happy to send you out our toolkit. We've sent out thousands of these over the years, and it's really going to help put you on the right course you know, help me a- answer some of these questions. You know, one of the biggest questions in that toolkit that I have lots of discussion around constantly with people week in and week out is what is the after-tax amount of money you want to live on each year in retirement? Stop and think about that. You know, our industry has done some marketing, and I think they've done it wrong, but they've mm-hmm. done a lot of marketing in what's your number? How much oh, yeah. How much do you have to have? What is the number you have to have? And I get people asking me this all the time. You know, well, you know, if I can get to this number, will I be okay? If I can get to that number, will I be okay? And I go, you know, the number is not really the deal. It's what's your standard of living require? Cash flow and things of that nature. Yes, yeah. yes. You know, so don't get confused about that. Stop and think about this for a second. You know, you're, you're walking down the road toward retirement. Well, you're in retirement or close to it, and the question has to be, do you like your current standard of living? And if the answer is yes, well, how much are you spending each month? Mm-hmm. That's going to help trigger how much you need to save to get there and or what type of investment strategies you need in order to produce the income that needs to be provided to maintain your current standard of living. That's the deal right there. That's what the whole thing is, is really all about. So, hey, give us a ring this morning at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. 
www.ghostsofthecoast.org. You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to The Larry Rosenthal Show. 855-767-3123 is that phone number to call. That's 855-ROSE-123. Larry. Sure, we just had somebody call, but they fell off the line, so apologize for that. But they wanted to know what a deferred contingent annuity is, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what the note was? I think so. Um, a deferred annuity is an annuity where you put money into it. And First of all, the primary investment objective of an annuity is current income. And there's an annuity that you can put money into and defer the income from starting. So it's called a deferred contingent annuity. So in other words, you're putting the income stage of the annuity into deferral right now. You're letting the money grow inside the annuity. That's all. Okay. So basically you're making an investment into an annuity contract, and the money's going to grow in there, tax deferred, and then at some point down the road you're going to start taking withdrawals or you annuitize it for payments for life. That's all that that, that, that fancy term means. From that standpoint, you know, there's d- depending on the type of an annuity you put the money into, though, is going to dictate to you, if you will, the um, amount of, of return you get, whether it's a fixed annuity, an index, a buffered, a variable annuity, all different types like that. So, but that's what that term simply means. So, as a matter of fact, if you like, I have a kit that sort of describes a lot of the different types of annuities. If you want to get a copy of that, be, we'd be happy to send that out to you. Just reach out to the office. Uh, at, at some point down the road, we'd be more than happy to send that out to y'all. So, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and welcome Susie on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Susie. How are you today? Hi, Larry. Just fine. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. How can I help you? I have a question. We hear, you know, off and on in the news about the potential market crash, and I was wondering. There are a lot of people saying buy gold, buy silver, precious metals invest in those. What is your take on should we keep our IRAs in the current market uh, companies that we have, or should we move things to gold and silver? So, Susie, that is the $6 million question, right? What to do and how to time the market, okay? So right. so we know that there's there's no better wealth creating machine than the stock market over long term. Okay? We've seen that okay. over long term. Short term, the market goes up and down. We have to understand that our stock market is a market of extremes. It will drop extremely low to where there's a lot of pain and it will go up extremely high to where there's irrational exuberance, okay, inside the market. And when you take a look at your investments, the objective of, of, of your investments should be, in, for the most part, if you're aiming toward retirement, is to provide an, a, a stream of income from dependable sources in the most tax-efficient manner when it comes to your investing. 
as far as moving money from the stock market because you're afraid of a crash and you should buy gold, well, what is gold going to do for you? Gold and precious metals, they are asset classes, and from time to time, you should be in them and you should not be in them, okay? Just like small company stocks or large company international stocks or emerging market stocks, there are times when, based off of what's happening in the economy, interest rates, taxes, corporate earnings, the whole nine yards, there are certain sectors you want to be in and certain sectors you don't want to be in. But long term, when you take a look at the performance of, of commodities, they're one of the worst performing asset classes long term. Okay? Now, from the standpoint of you know, buying gold because you're afraid that the whole world is going to crash and, and, the, and your money becomes worthless and all that kind of stuff, um, we don't trade in gold. And I think we have, a, we have a whole lot more problems from that standpoint. So there's times to get gold and times not to. One of the problems with gold is this, okay, especially for people that are retired, is gold does not provide a dividend. So there's no income stream that comes off from gold like a stock, okay? And so how do you model that in your portfolio? The only way to turn gold into income is to buy it at a lower price and sell it at a higher price, pay your capital gains tax, which, by the way, since it's a commodity, is 28% instead of 20 So there's an extra 8% tax on it, which a lot of people aren't familiar with, okay? Um, so, but it doesn't produce an income stream. So you have to back out a little bit and say, what is your objective with your investments? You want to have income or do you want growth? And you probably need a combination of both, Susie. When, when you get to retirement, you know, you still have 20, 30 years left in retirement. So you still need a combination of both growth and income. So the bottom line is this. You, you need to sit down and take a look at where your current investments are right now and then bring to the marketplace, bring to the table the entire marketplace to see what investments will suit you from time to time. And then that's how you go about determining if you should have gold added to your portfolio today or not. Okay. Um, you know, we, we have carried gold for our clients in the past, and sometimes we're in it, sometimes we're out of it. It just depends on the makeup, just like small company growth stocks or large company value stocks. It's no different. Okay. But remember, when you put when you put an asset into your portfolio that does not provide an income, that asset cannot really help you in retirement years other than having to sell it off later. So you need to hit the timing right on when that asset's going to really grow. So if you like, I'll be happy to have someone give you a ring and step you through what your holdings are and, and, and give you an idea if you should put gold into your portfolio or not. And then you know, what, what do you want to buy? Do you want to buy gold bars, gold coins, or do you just want to buy the, you know, a, a gold-type ETF or fund that just tracks the spot price of gold every day in the market? You know, there's, there's a few ways that you can go about buying it. So hopefully that cleared it up for you a little bit. Yeah, um, I really appreciate the info. And, yeah, I'd love to speak with someone about it. Sure. Well, I'll go ahead and place you on a quick hold, and Bob will get your contact information. We'll have someone reach out to you next week and, and do an analysis for you on it all. So 
Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring. Any questions on your mind today at all, it is Open Mic Saturday. Give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Don't forget to go to our website, LarryRosenthal.com. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, LarryRosenthal.tv. You'll see lots of videos and things up there. We also send out a weekly market commentary every Monday morning on what just happened in the markets. Uh, I'll be happy to have you on that list as well. There's no cost for that whatsoever. You know, this past week there was some some conversation about um, business owners having having. Uh, the right type of disability insurance to cover their business. There's a disability insurance policy out there. It's called business overhead expense, or BOE. And, and the way this works is like this. If, if the business owner becomes disabled, who's going to continue to, you know, do it on accident or sickness or something like that? Who's going to continue to make payroll, pay the mortgage or the rent, Interest on business loans, mm-hmm. um, you know, utilities. Who's going to continue the operations if the business owner is not there to do it? And there's a disability insurance policy called business overhead expense, or BOE. So if the business owner becomes disabled due to sickness or, or injury or something like that, you know, this policy will pay for a period of a year or maybe 18 months, and it keeps the business afloat. It pays all the normal bills that are going. It's one of the most overlooked uh, policies in the industry, and it's the only thing that's going to pay the cost of your business when you're not there in order to keep it going. Uh, What's the difference between that and something like key person insurance? You talk about that as well, right? So key person insurance can either be through the form of life insurance or disability insurance. You Mm -hmm. have a key person in in your business, right? And if something happens to that key person, the business overall could feel it, right? So sometimes a business will take out a policy on a key person, whether it's disability insurance or life insurance. Most of the time it's in the form of life insurance. So if that key person passes away, you know, um, unfortunately, then the business will receive life insurance proceeds, right, in order to go out and hire Get somebody else in their slot. Hi- yeah. Right, hire what we would call Bob, best of the best, right? So, <laughs> well, so there he want, is, right there on the bottom of your screen. I do. You get a kick out of that, right? <laughs> yep. But so, Bob guy. So that'll give you the the funds to go out and and replace, uh, and and then you know. But also, a key person insurance can also be done dually from the standpoint that proceeds do come back to the firm to protect the firm as well as to that key person's family. It can be a split beneficiary type of a scenario. Mm -hmm. You can also use key person insurance as a golden handcuffs reward where you purchase a permanent policy. And, uh, you know, then you can turn the cash value of that policy into income to supplement retirement years uh, for that person. That's actually really cool. That's something that maybe is overlooked by those who, you know, you used to have pensions. Pensions was something that you got, and that was your golden handcuffs. But this sounds like a, another option. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things that can be done. It's called BOLI, business-owned life insurance. And there's, it can be an entity purchase, a cross-purchase, and, and partnerships. There's a lot of different ways that, that, that it can be structured. And it is used in non-qualified deferred comp plans. That and annuities are, Chris. Hmm. Uh, and it does, it does 
build excess, you know, extra retirement dollars, uh, but it also keeps people, uh, you know, at that firm a lot of times. Nice little benefit, yeah. It is. It, it, it's a nice benefit. It protects the firm, protects the families. Um, it, it brings camaraderie. So, so there's a lot of things in that arena that a lot of business owners actually overlook a lot of times. You know, when it when it when it boils down to it all. So so uh, you know, insurance. When you take a look at insurance, you know there, yeah yeah. Pe- you know, there's a lot of. It's interesting too when you talk about insurance because insurance is part of the overall financial plan. It is sort of a bedrock, a cornerstone. You know, look, you need you need auto insurance, homeowners insurance. You need umbrella liability coverage with, without a doubt. Uh, you need disability insurance. It's hard. To, insurance. It's hard to stroke that check every month though because you're like. I'm never going to use this, but you never know. I hope you never use it. And disability yeah. insurance is the only insurance that pays you. Yeah. All your other insurances pay somebody else. You know, disability. You hope it's never going to happen to you or any of your family members, but it does to some. And it's unfortunately, good. Yeah, yep. it's good very, very unfortunate. But yeah. but you know, those are some things that you really you really need think to about. Take, a, take a look at. Yeah, especially business owners when you're running hard and, and looking at all the different uh, things out there. So, hey, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. I'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More making money sense in a moment. And here's another money minute with Larry Rosenthal. We've all heard the more risk you get, the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments. However, Can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns? You can only water ski behind one boat at a time. Make sure your risk-adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives. Started with your financial plan today at LarryRosenthal.com or call right now for the financial planning toolkit, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123 is the phone number to call. To talk to that guy, if you're watching there on LarryRosenthal.tv on YouTube, you'll see him there. And uh, we'd love for you to join us there and subscribe and ring the bell as well. Larry. So, Chris, in building a retirement portfolio stream of income, you know, we were talking earlier in the show about this uh, a little bit <clears throat> what are the What are the pillars? How does it start? Where, where do you look at and, you know, first thing it starts with Social Security. How much is your Social Security going to be net after taxes, right? How much is coming in? When should you take Social Security? Should you defer it? Should you take it early? You need to run a financial plan and show that. I was working with a client this past week, and he wanted to take Social Security at 70. And we're looking at it all, okay? And we and he can he wants to continue to work into seventy, mm-hmm. and after we ran the financial plan, one way of him to waiting to seventy 
versus him taking it at 66 and eight months. It proved out to him that he should take it at 66 and eight months. And he was just—he was just like, really. Do You're it still again. taxing on that, though, up until a certain point, right? You are still paying tax on it, always. Not a certain point, always. Uh, okay, 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 yeah, okay. yeah. So as long as your income's over a certain amount, you pay 50% of your check can be taxed at your rate or 85%. Not mm-hmm. at those rates, but at whatever your rate is. But the point is, when do you take it? That's a big financial decision. And the only way to tell when you should take it is run a financial plan and say, okay, let's take it at this age, that age, this age, that age, and see how it all plays out in your plan. And it was very interesting. So that's the first pillar is really take a good look at um, – you know, the the Social Security. Then the second thing is pensions. Do you have a pension? What type of pension do you have? Should you take a surviving spousal benefit on your pension? Yes or no. What happens if you both have pensions? Should both of you have a surviving spousal benefit? You know, that's another question there also. So two big pillars, two big decisions, when to take it and how to take Social Security. Same with your pension plans. Uh, let's go ahead and bring Michelle on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Michelle. How are you today? Good morning. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? So I'm calling to ask about um, whether the key man insurance and a set man insurance, a term normally used with churches, if they are one and the same. What was the What was the second one? A set man, S E T. Yes. I, I I've never heard of that. Is that somebody that builds sets at the church for? <laughs> Plays and things? I, I've never heard of that. Yes. Um, a term, I guess, that churches use for maybe an insurance for the pastor. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's it's the same concept. Key person insurance. Sa- same, okay. same exact concept. Exactly the same thing. You know, and in that case, you know, God forbid again, if something happens to the pastor, uh, you know, then these proceeds would come in, which would then give you, you know, a bank account to shop for another quality person. That way you have the funds there, um, you know, to pay a temporary person or a new new person, you know. So, so when people, you know, really understand the importance of key person insurance, they, you know, they get it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you're exactly correct. A pastor would be a perfect example of a key person policy. Okay, thank yep. you. And if you like, Michelle, I'll, I'll send you out some information on how it's done, okay? And there's a couple of different ways that it can be done uh, to benefit the church, protect the church, and the pastor's family, if you like. So I'll, uh, if you want, I'll put you on hold, and, and Bob will get some information from you, and we'll send that out to you, okay? Sure, I'd appreciate that. Absolutely. You have a great weekend. Appreciate the phone call. Hey, you're listening to Making Money Sense. Dial us up at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's bring Brenda on the line from D.C. Good morning, Brenda. How are you? I'm good in yourself. Um, I'm calling this morning about the 59 and a half rule and your uh, retirement plan where you can move your money or invested somewhere else. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. When you are 59 and a half and over, most plans in the country allow you to do what's called an in-service rollover or an in-service withdrawal rollover, where you can still be gainfully employed at that place, okay, and you can move all or a portion of your money out in an IRA rollover to your own individual retirement account. You'll still be able to put money in, and if your employer matches, he or she will still continue to match, 
okay? But this gives you the ability to separate that tranche of money into your own IRA and, and, and invest it the way you wish outside of your employer's plan. There's no taxes on that involved whatsoever. It's a rollover capability, okay? And, and you want to make sure that you do what's called an institution-to-institution transfer, not do the 60-day rollover because you could end up with a tax problem. So so I'll send you that information if you'd like to make sure that that's okay for you, all right? Yes, I would really want. And I have a, another question, a quick question. What happens when you start too late investing in your retirement? What's a, a fast way to build your money up and you're going to work maybe eight, nine more years? Well, the first thing that you do before you determine if that's the case is to figure out what your your expenses are right now, project what your expenses are going to be, Brenda, down the road in retirement, and then we start building a program to 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 attack those expenses several years from now down the road in retirement. That's the biggest thing. It's about cash flow and making sure that 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 your income's from coming from reliable sources. You know, take a look at how much Social Security you're going to get, whether or not you get a pension or not, then how much money you can afford to save and set aside. And then also take a look at what you're living on now and see how you can start bringing those expenses down as you approach that calendar in retirement in several years. So that really boils down to building out a financial plan. And we'll, I'll, I'll send you some info on that, too. I'll, I'll, I'll have uh, Bob get your info, and we'll have somebody uh, reach out to you next week and basically show you how to do that, okay? Okay. And do you offer any kind of classes? I do. We do, yes. we've. I've been doing educational seminars, you know, in and around the D.C., Baltimore, Virginia, Northern Virginia area for 25-plus years. Uh, but we're also doing them now uh, through through the website, through Zoom meetings. So you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, sign up for our newsletter, uh, or send us off an email, and we'll put you on that distribution list. Uh, I just did one two weeks ago on uh, using trust as your beneficiary recipient of your IRAs and the pros and cons and all the new changes that Congress came out with the SECURE Act, too. So we do these educational webinars pretty much monthly. Um, you know, July, we, we tend to take off, July and August, but then we'll kick them back up again in September time frame. So, you know, so uh, stay tuned. But, you know, we do a lot of these educational classes all the time. And we've done a lot of them in, in churches as well, where we'll, we'll come out and, and do, do an educational seminar in churches, and we'll bring the radio show with us and, and have the pastor get on the air, too. Uh, That's a lot of fun. Okay. That is a lot of fun. So, yeah. So, All right, Brenda, I'll put you on a quick hold here. I appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Dial us up at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. We're talking about building that income flow stream. And, you know, you've got Social Security, you've got pensions. What about working after retirement? You know, there's a lot of people that say, hey, I want to enjoy a part-time work. You know, something that I really want to do. Uh, anyway, we're running out of time here, Chris. I just got got a little ahead of myself talking about another subject. We'll talk about that next week. How's that sound? Sounds good. Sounds good. Yep. So, listen, check us out at LarryRosenthal.com. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel at LarryRosenthal.tv. You'll see how we stream the show live each and every week. 
And uh, stay tuned for more of our upcoming educational webinars. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. And if you have questions during the week, call us, 855-ROSE-123. Go to our website, RosenthalWealthManagementGroup.com, and shoot us off an email. Have a great week. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.